This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Black and Blue Report. It is the Friday edition. Greetings, everybody, from Studio B. I'm Sean Kelly, and so glad that you're with us here on a busy Friday as both the Pelicans and the Saints are preparing for uh, games this weekend. Two for the Pelicans this weekend, and then, of course, the Saints playing on Sunday at Tampa Bay. Not that I want to start on a, on a down note, but there there is some down news this morning as we kind of uh, come to you on this Friday, and that's the fact that um, John Hot Rod Williams has passed away. Uh, of course, John Williams was a basketball star at Tulane University, uh, but also got caught up in the in the basketball controversy that happened back in the 80s. He was cleared of everything, but uh, a part of some dark days of Tulane basketball history, but then went on, and I think he played almost 10 years, if not 10, right on the nose uh, in the NBA. But the uh, the Louisiana resident and, um, and certainly notable basketball uh, star, college and NBA, John Hot Rod Williams, uh, unfortunately we're getting word that he's passed away this morning. So our best to his family. And uh, just a, a note there uh, on this Friday that I think is worth mentioning uh, on our podcast. With that being said, let's move forward, shall we? And let's talk about what's uh, what lies ahead here. We've been talking about Saints and Buccaneers for a couple of days. We'll wrap up that uh, look at the ball game with Pat Yasinskis from WalterFootball.com. He'll be our first guest today. And then we're pleased to have um, one of the NBA insiders from ESPN.com, more so a front office guy, um, in, a, in Amin El-Hassan. He'll join us today for the first time. He loves social media. He's worth a follow. We'll talk about that today. We'll talk about the NBA in general and specifically the Pelicans who are back in action tonight against the Washington Wizards. Uh, it is Star Wars night at Smoothie King Center. We'll tell you more about that here on our program today. And then uh, the Pelicans hit the road. They are going to be gone all through next week, uh, starting with a game at Chicago tomorrow night against the Bulls. Um, the Pelicans have a chance tonight to have a winning homestand. They would go 2-1 and one on the homestand with a win tonight. They would also kind of set the table for the five-game um, road trip. And where they only have one game or one win on the road, uh, certainly a win tonight maybe gives them some momentum to add to that one road win this season. Uh, and some good news on that front uh, with regard to the Pelicans. Uh, they're going to be, I think, one shy of full strength as it really looks like Kendrick Perkins will return from injury today and be available for Alvin Gentry tonight. So that's what we've got on the Pelicans front. And again, Amina Hassan here in just a moment to talk about the NBA from ESPN. Uh, on the Saints uh, ledge, side of the ledger, real quick, before we get to our first break and our football guest today, um, not good seeing Brandon Cook's name on the injured list yesterday. Uh, concussion was next to his name. So we're unclear at this point whether he'll be available for Drew Brees and the Saints offense on Sunday. Keep your eye on your Saints mobile app this afternoon for the final injury list of the week and for John DeShazer's report following the Saints practice uh, later on this afternoon. All right, timeout is in order here on the Black and Blue Report. And when we come back, football talk with Pat Yasinskis from WalterFootball.com. Fall 
is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Create fun and affordable memories for the entire family with the Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is on Friday, December 11th against the Washington Wizards. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing touchdown Saints, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. Our first guest this morning is here to talk about the football game this weekend. Of course, the Saints traveling to Tampa, Florida to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been with us before, and he's back again in in a larger role now. NFL columnist for WalterFootball.com, Pat Yasinskis, joins us. Pat, congratulations again on the new job, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing more work from you. I I know that sounds, uh, I don't know how that sounds, but I'm just saying I I think that I want to see more of you writing about more about the NFL. Is that fair? That's fair to say, and I'm I am covering all 32 teams now and having a lot of fun with it. So it's a good deal. No doubt about that. You certainly still though have a very keen sense of what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are all about. And here's a football team that, frankly, I didn't expect to be in the position that they are at this point of the season. Nice story coming out of Tampa, isn't it? Yeah, they're having a nice season. Um, Jameis Winston, the rookie quarterback, has been everything he was supposed to be. Um, he's grown up faster than the rest of the team. Uh, and uh, once once the rest of the team catches up, this is a team that could be uh, pretty scary. They're playing, they're playing some very good defense right now. Um, and the offense is, is coming around. He fin- Jameis finally has his full cast of uh, receivers healthy for the first time in a long time, and uh, things are kind of coming together. This team is on the fringes of the playoff hunt. Uh, I don't know that you can really say they're in the playoff race just yet, but uh, they're on the fringes of it, which nobody really expected. So it's been a nice, uh, nice first season for Jameis Winston. Pat, you, we'll get to Jameis in a moment. First, tell me about this defense, though. I, I'm not so sure that many fans could name me a bunch of guys on Tampa Bay's defense, and perhaps why have they been so good? Well, I'll give you two names that do stand out, and they don't get the national attention that they should. Gerald McCoy, the defensive tackle, and Levante David, the outside linebacker. They're two of the best in the business at their position, and they are, they are uh, kind of the second coming and this has been talked about many, many times over, there's kind of the second coming of Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks. 
and uh, in that Tampa 2 defense. And uh, when you have those two ingredients, a good defensive tackle and a, a good uh, weak side linebacker, that's a pretty good start in the Tampa 2 defense. So that's the main reason why they've been good. Uh, other than those two, they have a lot of role players uh, that have been very efficient this year. No, no real standouts, but uh, a lot of guys that have been doing their jobs and doing them well. They've been hit with a suspension, though, at the middle of their linebacking core. What's right. their solution as to what they want to do with that spot on the field? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough loss with Klein Alexander, the rookie middle linebacker, uh, going out with a suspension. Um, they're probably going to go with Danny Lantana, who has been their starting strong side linebacker. They're going to move him over to the middle. And uh, Lantana has played the middle a little bit last year and did a decent job. Um, but there's going to be a drop off there. There's no doubt about that. Um, it's uh, you know it's uh, it's only natural. Quan Alexander was having a very nice rookie season, um, but uh, obviously he's not not going to be available for these last four games, and that that's going to cause some sort of drop off. Pat Yusinski is here with us, columnist, uh, NFL columnist with WalterFootball.com. Let's go back to Jameis Winston, uh, Pat, and and perhaps. I want to know, or I'm hoping you can answer for me, who gets the most credit as to uh, why Winston has improved like he has here through this season? Uh, that's a great question, and I think there could be several answers, but the one I'm going to go with is Dirk Cutter, the offensive coordinator. I think that he's done a great job with Winston. I think he's done a great job with the offense overall. He's kept things pretty balanced, kept the running, running game being a very important part of the offense and taking the pressure off Winston. Uh, so I think Dirk has really done a, a nice job with Jameis, and uh, they work very well together. Old Mr. Cutter likes running that football too, doesn't he? Yes, he does, and you can't blame him. Doug Martin is having a, uh, a very nice season. Uh, after two down years, he, he's bounced back, and he looks a lot like he did in, uh, in 2012 when he was a rookie rushing for 1,400 yards. Uh, I think he can do that again, and uh, he, he he seems to have a renewed or uh, reinvigorated uh, style about him. He's running harder than he has and faster than he has, and uh, that's really helping out their offense overall. Are there any other weapons or or players, I should say, let's use that, are there any other players on the offensive side of the football that the Saints should be concerned with this weekend? Yeah, uh, I think Mike Evans would be at the top of that list, the wide receiver, the second-year guy. Um, he's having a very nice season. He's been very productive. He has had some problems with drops, uh, but he's still putting putting up big numbers, and he's the number one wide receiver in that offense. Vincent Jackson is, uh, is a very solid number two wide receiver, and then they have Austin Safarian Jenkins, their tight end, who just came back from injury. And he's he's going to be more of a uh, more of a, a factor, I think, going forward. Um, so really, all three of those guys are are big concerns for the Saints. We all know the Saints have had their problems uh, defending the pass, and I'm sure that we're going to see plenty of those three guys on Sunday. Yeah, no doubt about that. With regards to the specifics of Sunday, uh, Pat, do you, what would what would be the major storyline in your eyes if you were to? be getting ready for a column on this game, what's the angle that you'd want to take or how you see it developing? 
from a Buccaneers standpoint, I think, uh, you know, it would be a chance for them to get above 500 for the first time in a long time. Um, really since uh, Greg Chiano was here in his first year, they were 6-4 and four at one point. Um, so I, I would, I think the storyline would be about the Bucks, uh, perhaps turning the corner if they can win this game. Um, but that's a big if. Um, New Orleans obviously is not having the kind of year they want to, but, uh, they're still a very dangerous team and, uh, nothing is a given. Good stuff as always. Um, tell more folks about WalterFootball.com and what you all are doing over there. Well, we're a, uh, a, a website that's been around for several years that uh, started off being very heavy on fantasy football and draft uh, draft information, and we're still very heavy on all that. But now we're branching out and covering the entire NFL, and uh, it's, it's a site that's growing and, and doing some wonderful things, and uh, there's some big plans in the future as well. So it's only going to get better. That's where we'll find you, and we will be checking you out. Any uh, Twitter handle you want to pass along today, Pat? Yeah, it's at Pat Yaz, T-A-T-Y-A-Z, 3-3, at Pat Yaz, 33. All right, easy enough. Pat Yasinskis, WalterFootball.com. Great stuff. Enjoy the football this weekend, Pat. It's only going to get better as we get closer to the end of the season here. Yes, it is. Thank you very much for having me. You got it. We'll talk hoops here in just a moment. The Black and Blue Report continues right after this. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Come out and celebrate Star Wars Night. Feel the force on Friday, December 11th when your New Orleans Pelicans battle the Washington Wizards at 7 p.m. The first 8,000 fans in attendance receive a free Stormtrooper mug. You'll also have a chance to get your picture taken with your favorite Star Wars characters. Tickets start as low as $21, so don't miss out on any of the fun. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. And may the force be with you. What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackey, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go Pelicans. He's one of the top Twitter follows in all of sports, let alone the NBA, and uh, I enjoy following him. It's uh, <laughs> it's informative and entertaining, to say the least. He's a NBA front office insider for ESPN and ESPN.com. Amin El Hassan, how are you, sir? It's finally good to have you on our show. Uh, no, I'm, I'm glad to be here. And by the way, I just want to point out that that is not just your subjective opinion that I'm one of the best followers. 
Sports Illustrated has cemented me as one of the top 100 this year, so I'm happy for that. Wow. Do they do they send out a gift basket or certificate, or is it just simply the honor in itself that, that it, it keeps gets, one going? It gets lost in the mail. You know, the, the USPS, <laughs> you never know. Yeah, you, you're right about that, especially this time of year, you know, during the holidays yeah. and whatnot. Um, what is hashtag hate hard? Because, you know, I like to hate just like anybody else. Um, so explain this to me. I'm maybe a, a little too old, but you maybe you can help me and make me cool again. Well, it, you know, I'll definitely make you cool. No problem. Uh, <laughs> the it, it started as an inside joke among friends. You know, when something like if someone, one of us be walking and trip, we'd laugh and say, yes, you know, just celebrate their agony, basically. And then, uh, then we actually gave it a, a tag, hate hard. Oh, hate hard, yes, yes, you know, something bad happened to you. And so it, it, when I started working with the team, uh, with the Phoenix Suns, uh, I had a private Twitter account, uh, but a lot of the players would follow me. And so uh, whenever they misspell something or, or make some tiny mistake that Really, you could just look over. I, I I laugh and I make fun of them pretty much, and they they kind of got into it, and they they hit me back. And then so when I started ESPN, it turned into things like basically laughing at the agony of fans, right? Laughing at people who who live and die with how their team is doing. And when something bad happens to the team, like well, I don't know, they get blown out by fifty, you know, for a certain northeastern team that has just hired a Hall of Famer uh, to be. Uh, part of their front office, yeah, something like that would, would elicit a hate heart. So basically, uh, I'm a, I'm a very bad person who laughs at other people's misfortunes. You're the kid uh, that when someone dropped the tray in the lunchroom, you started clapping, aren't you? I, I'm Nelson Munn. Oh. I'm Nelson Munn. I mean, come on, man. Uh, is that too too old a reference to some people now? It might be. I don't know. Used to be too young a reference. Now it's too old. Now it's too old. I, I can't keep up. It's okay. Um, let me ask you this question, and you go where you want with this. Who's the smartest guy in the NBA room right now? Hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting question. The smartest guy in the NBA room, I, I'll go with Adam Silver. Okay. I, I, I think, and, I, and it may be a cop out, but I really think he is the commissioner that we need right now in these ever changing times uh, with. The game has become so much more sophisticated from a management standpoint, from a, a coaching standpoint, uh, and from a branding standpoint. And I, I look and I'm glad that Commissioner Silver is here and not Commissioner Stern. Because there are a lot of things that we're going through that really uh, require delicacy and nuance. And, and Commissioner Stern, for all the great things he did, he was a tyrant. Uh, and I don't mean it in all the negative sense of that word, but in the sense that his word was law. He really wasn't as open to new ideas, as open to outside opinion. He had his small, close circle of advisors, and and what he said goes pretty much. And Commissioner Silver is not that. Commissioner Silver is more of a, a consensus maker. He's way more open to new ideas, outside-the-box ideas. Not saying that he adopts them all, but at least he's willing to give them a fighting chance. And so I'm going to little Commissioner Silver. Okay. I, I think I think at one time the NBA needed a tyrant, and now they don't. So it's right. a good fit. Absolutely. Yes. You're absolutely right. Stern was the right guy for the time he came in, and now Silver is the right, to- right guy for the time now. 
Let me ask you this then about Adam Silver. Was it Adam Silver that forced the Sixers into hiring Jerry Colangelo, or was there somebody else involved? This is the subject of a lot of conversation inside the league, in league circles, right? Did the league force themselves upon the Sixers? As I understand it, it was not Adam Silver in a uh, unilateral way coming in and saying, you guys need to fix this. Rather, it was a group of other owners who were complaining that what Philadelphia was doing, regardless of whether it was hurting their own products, was also hurting the overall product. From the standpoint of what? Philadelphia is a major market team. In the new collective bargaining agreement, uh, the major market teams are expected to kind of shoulder the burden of revenue generation, uh, of revenue sharing uh, amongst everyone else, more so than the small market teams but only if they make a certain amount of money. And because Philadelphia is not doing that great, even though they're making, they're not losing money, uh, they're not above that threshold of revenue generation to where they have to start sharing. And so some of the other teams are saying, look, you're supposed to be making this much so that everyone else can get a taste of that, that, uh, that piece of the pie, and you're not doing that. So what you're doing is, in essence, hurting all of us. And what I always tell fans is, I know the NBA seems like 30 businesses competing against one another, but really it's one big cartel. These 30, it's one business, and these 30 franchises. It's like think about Subway. The Subway uh, on your block is not fighting against the Subway, you know, in the in the Garden District or Subway in the French Quarter or whatever. These are all part of the same chain, and that's the same thing that's happening. Uh, in the NBA, and so when one franchisee is bringing down the overall value of the franchise, of the of the overall cartel, then that hurts everybody else. Isn't it interesting that the big, basically the two biggest stories this week in the NBA are the Sixers and what they may or may not be trying to do, and then at the other end of the spectrum, the Warriors and what they have been doing. I mean, it's a case of two extremes here. No, I mean, this is a story that the league wants us to talk about. They want us to talk about the Warriors because uh, obviously they're, they're, they're creating history. Um, I think they're entertaining to watch, which is always a good thing when the best team in the league, when the most talked about team in the league is also a fun thing, something that a casual fan who doesn't watch NBA basketball can turn on and say, wow, this is amazing. You know, I, I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. They were in town to play the Phoenix Suns. And uh, at halftime of that game, I think Steph Curry had 25 or something. And I said, you know, somewhere in that crowd as a kid, and this is his first NBA game. And what a treat for him to get to see this. And then I'm going to feel bad for him at his second NBA game when he says, wait, wait, what, what happened to all the three-pointers and the crossovers and the great passes? You know, that, he'll learn on that day that what he saw was unique and not uh, representative of an entire league. But but that's that's the case. That's the point, right? Is that this, if you want to market yourself, if you want to say, hey, what's NBA basketball about? This is the team that you want to prop up. Here, watch this. This is the NBA. And uh, beyond the entertainment value, beyond the excellence, I think is a good thing that the way they play is, I would say, generally accepted as the right way. So if you grab coaches or basketball purists from any level, the pro level, high school, biddy ball, whatever. I think all of them would look at the way Golden State plays so unselfishly on both sides of the ball and say, that's basketball. That's what basketball is about right there. When guys don't care about stats, the guys don't 
care about accolades. They just care about winning and doing the right thing. And you can't get much better than that. And that's, and that's a good thing for them as they march on in these history books. No lie. You hit it on the head because I have had two high school coaches tell me this fall that Golden State winning the championship this past summer did more for the game at their level than anybody else. And I did, I did say this. I said, well, what about San Antonio? And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, look, isn't it interesting? San Antonio embodies all the same ideals that you're talking about with regard to the health and the right way to play the game, but yet it's the sexiness of the Golden State Warriors that gets a high school coach to tell me that here this past fall. You got you got to sell. This, look, this is this is the country we live in, the society we live in, the capitalist society. You got to sell. You can't just say, "Hey, lima beans are good for you." Now eat them. You got to dance it up a little bit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, Amin El Hassan is with us here from ESPN and ESPN.com. I mean, next week is December fifteenth, and that means that uh, certain players can now be shopped around the league. Um, are you anticipating an active December here, or are we? getting things pushed off until the trade deadline. What's your what's your take on this? No, I think we're going to have a very active December. I know there are a number of teams that are in advanced conversation and basically are all waiting on the December 15th uh, deadline, uh, which, by the way, for, for the fans that understand why, December 15th is the first date you can start trading guys you sign in the offseason. So anyone who has buyer's remorse or any, any sort of deal, maybe there's a better deal out there, but you have to give up this guy who's been playing well for you that you signed in the summer. December 15th is the first date they can start moving those guys. And, uh, and, and as such, because there are so many teams that are underachieving across the league, particularly in the Western Conference, when you talk about the Clippers, when you take, talk about the Rockets, I suppose when you talk about the Pelicans as well, uh, there is going to be a rush to get a fix. We need to get this thing back on track. And so there's going to be a lot of activity from that standpoint. Any big names you want to throw around? I mean, why not? Well, I, I, th- I think the one that's no secret, and I don't know where he's going, but I'm fairly sure he's not going to be in the current uniform he's in. It's Marquise Morris for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, this is a situation in July that we knew was not going to last long. Uh, ever since they traded his, his twin brother to Detroit uh, in a move. To, so they, Marquise got hit with a double hit. Not only did they break up him and his twin, uh, but they did it because they were trying to get someone who was going to replace him in the starting lineup in Lamar Stalden. And so uh, that relationship at that point became severed. And, you know, they said all the right things on media day. Oh, no, I'm just here to win and uh, I'm going to be a professional. But everybody knew, no, no, this thing is over. And they're waiting until December 15th to start exploring deals. And we see in the last week or so, uh, pretty much they turned off the faucet on his playing time. He had a DMP coach's decision his first. This is rookie year. He had a game in Chicago where he played seven minutes all in the first half of that game. And then he had last night's game against Orlando where he had a mysterious sinus infection mm-hmm. uh, that prevented him from not only being in the game, but even being at the arena all day. Didn't show up, shoot around, didn't, didn't, didn't come to the game. And so, you know, the Suns can dance around it and, and put whatever lipstick they want on it, but... I think we all know that the, the, the end of the Marquise Morris era in Phoenix is nigh. And then, as a result, you have all these peripheral guys. Uh, when you talk about P.J. Tucker, for instance, who is a 3-and-D type player uh, who's got a very cap-friendly contract. Archie Goodwin, a young uh, combo scoring guard who's still on his rookie deal, so obviously very cap-friendly. These are other collateral pieces that, that might be on the move. 
And then it, it just turns into, of the suitors, who's going to give up what? Every every team that's interested, and there are a number of teams that are interested, they've got a list of th- of guys that they wouldn't mind giving up. All right, let's 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 localize this then a little bit. When you look at the New Orleans Pelicans, I mean, when whether it's you or anybody else covering the NBA from say outside of New Orleans, obviously the Pelicans aren't happy with their start. But what's the view from afar, and what's next for the New Orleans franchise? Well, I think first of all, I, I, at least from my standpoint, very understanding of the circumstances, understanding that as we started the show with, there, there's you know, it, it could it could be better, right? And, and it's not necessarily things under your control. But then there are things under your control. Um, and uh, style of play, embracing the, the philosophies that I think Coach Gentry wants, that's something that's under the control of the players. Uh, so when you look at New Orleans' pace, um, particularly I think when Drew Holiday has the ball, it's a very methodical pace. And, and that kind of runs contrary to the, what you have as a team. Like the, this team is built to run. You've got a lot of fast moving parts. So for me, I, from the outside looking in, I look at New Orleans, I like them to play a lot faster. I like them, I like them when they go small. I like Anthony Davis playing in an Amari Sotomayor-esque role. And, uh, I, I, obviously I like them defensively to be a little bit more scrambling because Ultimately, if you try and play a style that is that doesn't fit a the system or be the personnel, then you get lost. Then you get lost in a, in a land of no identity. And so, when you look at the Pelicans, I think that's their struggle right now. And, and again, I fully understand that part of this is with deals with we started the year without, you know, our who, presumably who would have been our starting playmaker in Tyreek Evans and uh, backup point guard in North Cole. And so that already starts you on a on kind of uh, a step behind. And, and now the struggle is to catch up in this Western Conference where every night is a tough night. Plenty more basketball to go, that's for sure. Um, yeah. and, and, the good, and the good news, by the way, is, again, the struggles of everyone else in the West, it couldn't have happened at a better time. And New Orleans, if you look at the schedule, it's a lot easier from January on. So they can just stay almost like a long-distance runner in the Olympics. You know, guys who run a mile or two miles or that. They clump together in a pack. And you don't necessarily have to be in the leader of the pack, although the Golden State Warriors have, have lapped everyone at this point. <laughs> but you just have to stay attached to that pack so that when you come across that final bend on that last lap, you've got that burst of energy. And in New Orleans' favor is uh, again, January on, the schedule gets a lot easier for them. They had a very tough front-loaded schedule. But if they can just stay attached to the pack until the schedule gets easier, until guys are getting healthy, and I think Quincy Pondexter, you can't talk enough about how he would have impacted this team with his skill set as a defender and as a three-point shooter. If they can just hold on, then that final burst will get them by. All right. All right. I'm with you. I, I like the way you're speaking there. Um, you know, we started off this conversation with about – how influential you are on social media. So I guess we should share your, your Twitter handle, right? I mean, how do oh. folks follow you? Yeah, it is at AmineESPN. That is A-M-I-N-E-S-P-N. Easy enough. Easy enough. 
Hashtag, what is it again? Hate hard? Hate hard. All right, hate hard. All right. I mean, this was a pleasure. I hope we can do this again. Would you mind doing it again with us? No, absolutely. Just let me know. Outstanding. There he is, uh, the hate hard guy. (laughs) He's actually a really smart front office insider with ESPN. Amin El Hassan with us here on the Black and Blue Report. New Orleans, get ready for WWE Monday Night Raw. Televised live worldwide from Smoothie King Center. Monday night, January 11th, featuring the return of Brock Lesnar. Plus, you'll see John Cena, Roman Reigns, Demon Kane, The Lunatic Fringe, Dean Ambrose, Kevin Owens, The Divas, and many more in action. Don't wait. Great seats are available now at the box office and Ticketmaster. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. If you missed Alvin Gentry's radio show last night on WRNO-FM, that's 99.5 FM in New Orleans, uh, or perhaps you don't live in the New Orleans metro area and were unable to obviously get the -the over-the-air signal on Thursday night, uh, it is yours online today, this Friday, at pelicans.com. I always enjoy that weekly visit with the head coach, we get more time to flesh things out and cover a couple of different topics. So uh, worth your time, obviously, if you're a fan of the Pelicans. The Pelicans are home tonight. Washington Wizards are in town. That's a very entertaining opponent. Uh, the game's at 7 o'clock. And to add to the entertainment value tonight, it is Star Wars night at Smoothie King Center. There are going to be um, Star Wars characters there for pictures and for, uh, <laughs> I guess, people watching, character watching. Uh, a lot of uh, interactive games and performances, uh, stuff on the video board, all centered around, of course, Star Wars. And I think they're going to have some fun uh, mixing Star Wars into the uh, game. What I mean by that is, you know, starting lineups, intros, that kind of a thing. So really should be a good time tonight. And there is a giveaway. It is a Pelicans Stormtrooper mug going out to the first 8,000 fans at Smoothie King Center tonight. Uh, I know the Saints are on the road, but don't forget, you can catch the Saints, obviously, on the Saints Radio Network for some local uh, flavor. And all the best to uh, Deuce McAllister, who's filling in for Hokey Gaijan this week. Hokey, by the way, we're thinking of you and hoping that uh, you'll be uh, back on your feet soon enough. I know it's been a very rough week. And uh, also, uh, John DeShazer will be with the football team throughout the weekend uh, covering the Saints for uh, Saints Digital, which would be your Saints mobile app and NewOrleansSaints.com. Otherwise, I'll be on the road with basketball. I'll have you on the radio tonight. We'll do the same tomorrow at Chicago. And then Daniel and I will be with you for Black and Blue Report on Monday. Uh, Diesel will be in the studio, and I will be, where am I going to be on uh, Monday? Oh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, that'll be uh, game two of the road trip, uh, Pelicans and Blazers on Monday night. Thanks again to Pat Yasinskis from WalterFootball.com today and also Amina Hassan from ESPN. Uh, he's the NBA, again, front office insider for ESPN and ESPN.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. I, I guess enjoy the warm weather. Uh, the weather's going to be nice except for some rain on Sunday, but 
with Christmas being two weeks away, um, I wouldn't mind a little something more seasonal, shall we say. We'll leave it at that. Go Pelicans, go Saints, and we'll see you next time here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Thank you.